I am fine. <laughs> y'all know I gotta make some y'all gotta make you laugh. The elder yes, is, is yes. so sad I'm, I'm I'm trying to be up. I'm really I'm really trying. I'm trying. Some days it's, it's just like that though. Yeah. I was grateful for service today. That was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Didn't so you had somebody else pass too, didn't you, Victoria? Yes, a cousin. A cousin. Yeah. The funeral was uh, uh, Saturday mm -hmm. as well in mm -hmm. New York. So, of course, I couldn't go. Mm. Okay. Are we all good. Uh, on a lighter note, my baby sister turned one. Yeah. Oh well, you can you can we we may not have a full weekend review, but you have an announcement, so you there, can there announce you about yeah. your baby sister. All right, That's folks, right. it's time to uh, time to roll the open. Okay, right. here we go. Roll them, Alan. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, good evening, good evening. You have tuned into Authors Up, in case you didn't know where you were this evening. <laughs> We're right at ALH Broadcasting, an affiliate of the Streaming Inspirational Broadcast Network. And we are so glad that you are with us tonight. We say it all the time. You could be anywhere doing anything. But the fact that you chose to spend this part of your day with us, we are very, very glad about it. And we have a wonderful guest on tonight. I tell you, you're going to love this lady. And she has a an amazing book. And uh, we're going to be talking about her book. She's going to be talking about her book and giving us some nuggets and some good things that we need to know. Good evening, Linda Cooks. Glad to have you on the line with us tonight. We usually um, open our program with the week in review, but we're not going to do that tonight. But I first want to give my co-host an opportunity to tell you good evening. How about you, Victoria? <laughs> you want to welcome our guest tonight? All right. Good Look evening, you. everybody. You can't Look see the waves. Hello, bronze girls. I missed you. <laughs> How about you, Ruth? You have a word of welcome for our listeners. Well, I just want to say welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us. And I don't have a double wave going on. <laughs> jazz hands. So, what was that? I guess did last. Yeah. <laughs> but I tell you what, Ruth is Ruth is hiding out. She's not even in the mm -hmm. area. So. 
So we're, we're not bad at you, though. We're, we're, no, we're not mad at you. No, it's not a beach, but, you know, it's not home either. So it's, it's not just home. a different it's setting. Different setting. Different setting. Different setting. And it's always well, nice to change that a little bit. <laughs> like I was saying, though, we usually open with a uh, our week in review. We're doing things a little bit differently uh, this evening. Um, uh, but before I tell you what we're doing, Ruth does have announce an announcement to make. Ruth, yes. what is your announcement? My baby sister turned one this week. So cute. So cute. Yes. She's the cutest, cutest, <laughs> cutest thing. She's just like, what do they call a cuteness overload? She, yes. Yes. She is just precious uh, as she can be. Yes, uh, I will have to like post pictures of her um, on our site because she is just the cutest little thing you, I mean, she, just, uh, I'm a little biased. Can't wait to meet her person. I, I know. I know. But when, are she, gonna, when are you going to have her down this way? <laughs> well, that really is up to mom. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I know. I'm just, go grab her, but. no, I'm just the big sister. So that doesn't hold a whole lot of water yet. Not <laughs> so, yet. Oh, well, not we yet, have to so. do something about that because she mm -hmm. is really just a cutie patootie. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think I, she's going to have a nice um, Christmas box coming. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Find yeah. out her sizes, please. Time. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It is a wonderful time for her. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we're, what we're up to tonight. We're going to get started with our guest in just a moment. But at the very end of the show, we really want you to hang in there with us uh, for, for just a, a few extra seconds. Some of you know, some of you may not know uh, that we lost uh, one of our, our authors and a dear friend, uh, Monique Hedeker Green. And at the uh, very end of the show, we we want to say some things about her and honor her rather than starting our program tonight talking about our week. So please hang in there for that. Please hang in there for that. Um, but for right now, um, Ruth is going to tell you about our guest for tonight. Not Ruth. Victoria, Victoria, that's your charge for tonight. <laughs> that's, I'm that sorry. That is going to be me tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is old Ruth 2.0. <laughs> yeah, how about that? <laughs> well, tonight, we're we, we always excited about our author. So tonight is no different. Well, let me tell you a little bit about her. Terry Boyle McDougal is an executive and career coach and CEO of Terry B. McDougal Coaching. She helps high achieving professionals remove obstacles that keep them stuck so they can enjoy more success and satisfaction in their lives and careers. Before becoming a coach, Terry was a longtime corporate marketing exec executive where she led teams, developed strategies, and advised senior leaders to drive business results. She is the author of winning the game of work, career, happiness, and success on your own terms. We'll be talking about that tonight. She is also the host of the Marketing Mambo podcast. Well, after a short break, we will return to welcome Terry and we'll talk about this awesome book.
right, all right. There she is. There she is. Welcome, Welcome. Terry. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Hi, it's great to be here. Good to see you, ladies. Good to, good to see you. Good to see you. <laughs> well, Terry, we want to thank you for coming on our show. We really appreciate having you, Helen. I appreciate you having me on. This is uh, really great. I'm I'm glad to be among your authors and authors up. <laughs> well, thank you. Now your your book. See, look. Gotta have it anyway. Everybody's got their own twist. <laughs> okay, enough silliness. Um, okay. Your so your book is a little really. Um, your book is a little <laughs> different than what we usually feature, but I feel like it's something that um, has a really broad appeal. I mean, we all want career happiness. We all want success on our own terms. We spend 40 hours a week on our jobs, and I actually did the math, and that's about a third of our waking hours. Yeah. Um, we all want some kind of fulfillment, but we often don't find it. So I think your book, Winning the Game of Work, is something that we can all get behind. Um, so tell us a little bit about it. Well, you know, it actually started off as uh, a series of blog posts. Mm -hmm. uh, I left my corporate job in 2017, and I actually had been at that company for 12 years. And I would say I was very happy with that job for about 10 out of the 12 years. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the last couple of years, I found myself in a job that I never applied for. I didn't really feel like it was a good fit. and uh, But my boss really wanted me to, to do that job. And just in a couple years of, of trying and feeling like it never was a great fit, I actually decided to leave the organization. And when I left, um, you know, we, we were talking about this a little bit before uh, mm -hmm. the episode started today, that a lot of times I think that I'll, even if we don't realize it, a lot of our identity is tied up in what we do for work. Yeah. And so just as part of um, maybe my, my process for for, I, I thought of it as detoxing, <laughs> detoxing from sort of a, a bit of a toxic work environment. I started writing. I started thinking about like, okay, what were some of the lessons that I learned? What were some of the things that, that happened that I want to share with other people to normalize it for them? So that was really the seeds of the book. And I, I did that blog for a couple of years. And then somebody actually asked me, well, how many words do you have? <laughs> I had no idea. So I downloaded everything and I actually had about 25,000 words. And, and he said, you have enough for a book. book. And so then <laughs> somebody introduced me to a book writing program and I, I, I didn't just download everything and just put it into a book, but it was the beginning of the book. And I, I wrote a lot more and I interviewed people about their careers. Um, but it's really the, the hard won lessons that I learned. A lot of things mm -hmm. that, you know, when I got into the workplace, I thought that if you did certain things that that's all you had to do to be successful. And it didn't take me too long to learn that, you know, a lot of things that we do outside of work or, or we do at school that help us be successful there don't translate into the workplace. Right. And I was, right. I was really, I was frustrated a lot of times because I really felt like I was doing what I should be doing and I didn't see the results of moving up or getting raises or stuff like that. So as I, uh, as I did learn, I had some good mentors. I made some mistakes. I hired coaches. I didn't want other people to be in the same situation I was. I wanted to share those lessons. So that was really the, the reason why I wrote the book. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
how did how long did it take you to write it once you started once you realized you had a book how long was that process I um, started it, I was in a book writing program, so they, they kept you at a certain pace. I started in July of 2019, and the book came out in April of 2020. So right after the pandemic lockdown. Okay, okay. <laughs> right. so how has the reception been for the book? Um, I, I am getting um, a lot of good uh, reception uh, awesome. from it. I mean, a lot of people, um, it's, still selling. I, I probably make enough to take my family to McDonald's every month. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's important. <laughs> um, but I've been, I've been yeah. on a lot of podcasts to talk about it. And, um, awesome. you know, people do tell me that they really like it. I've had people that, you know, have reached out and said, I read this chapter and I feel like you were talking directly to me, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I, I talk about my real experiences. And a lot of them are embarrassing, humiliating, frustrating. I mean, I talk about, you know, terrible boss that I had and going for the same job twice and not getting it either time. Wow. Uh, just, you know, like some of the things that are really disappointing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you can reframe things or if you can learn some of the little you know, tips and tricks, you know, we can shift our mindset to actually get the things that we want out of work, but it might just mean that we have to go out, go at it a little bit differently than maybe what we thought. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let me ask this now, uh, you mentioned uh, with the uh, reception from the book, do you find that you connect more from a work perspective or from do people connect to your work perspective or do people connect to the fact that you're a woman in the workplace perspective? Hmm. Um, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I, as a, as a coach, I work with both men and women. Mm -hmm. I do think that some of the issues that I ran into and that I write about are probably more common with women. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, quite frankly, I think that the workplace it's, you know, men created it, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's their, it's their playground, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, the rest of us coming into it, we have to figure out what the rules are, right? I think a lot of times, uh, and, and I've, I've actually talked about this on other podcasts about how, you know, if you're not a white man coming into mm -hmm. the situation, I mean, I, I, there were many times when I was in the workplace that I was the only woman in a meeting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it takes some courage and it also yes. there's there's sometimes sort of an unspoken language that they already understand that mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. and and so you know you're trying to be heard you're trying to figure out what's going on there and it's not always obvious it's not always easy and certainly I think that there's a lot of bias as well that it, that probably a lot of people would say oh no I'm not biased but I don't think that they recognize that they are just because, right. you know, if this is what you've grown up in, you just think that that's, that's just normal. And they, they don't realize that there's, you know, it's not built for people that are not like them. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'll, unfortunately, I also think that sometimes they don't think that it needs to be, you know, right. that there's nothing mm -hmm. to be gained from getting other perspectives. And, um, you know, I, I've seen it time and again that, you know, huge business mistakes can be made whenever 
uh, people aren't listened to because there's a lot of wisdom in the organizations. And if things can be set up so that more people can be heard, there's going to be more wisdom that can be used to make those decisions. Right. Um, but, you know, when I wrote the book, the book is really about, um, you know, unfortunately, we can't blow up the workplace and start all over. So, like, how how do we as employees go in <laughs> and learn how this game of work is played, learn the rules, the quote unquote mm -hmm. rules of the game of work and understand how you can become a more savvy player? Um, you know, it's advocating for yourself. It's asking for the things that you want. It's... Um, you know, looking for those opportunities to to demonstrate your skills and your abilities so that, you know, because I think a lot of people think that it's going to be sort of like school, like where, okay, you're done with 10th grade, we're going to promote you to 11th grade. Mm -hmm. And in the workplace, mm -hmm. it's not like that. You know, they'll just leave you over there in the corner forever. And unless you raise your hand and say, I, I can do more than this. And I want to do more than this. And I'm going to demonstrate that I can. Mm -hmm. um so okay do you still blog or do you um no no I, i'm i'm doing podcasts now <laughs> ah! okay okay yeah i i am I'm a, I'm a huge shiny object person and meaning that i'm just very very curious and i mm -hmm. like i i i uh probably do way too many things because i have my own podcast i'm on other podcasts mm -hmm. and i'm a coach so i'm talking to people every day because uh, that's what <laughs> okay. I do for a living, you know, but um, I I had a lot of fun doing the, the blogs in the beginning. And now I think right. that my creative energy is going more into oh. um, podcasts. You, you've evolved or you're evolving. I, I have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, have now for yeah. me, it definitely <laughs> <laughs> All right, Victoria. What you get? Well, I say that sounds familiar because that's how my book uh, got published because I was doing a blog and I still do the blog, not as often as I did before, <laughs> but it's still out there. So but that's how my book um, came to be. And so when you said that, I was like, oh, that sounds very familiar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Let, let's just talk about your book. I, I, I love I love the concept of it. So let's just delve into it. Work is a game. How is work a game? Please explain that. <laughs> well, you know, I think a lot, like I was saying earlier, I think that a lot of us can just look at it and say, well, if you just go to work every day and you just, you know, you work eight hours and you do your work, that you're going to get, somebody's going to come along and pat you on the shoulder and say, okay, we're ready to promote you. And it is not like that. You know, there are, um, we have to really, advocate for ourselves mm -hmm. we um well and i think the thing that i would say also is that works a game and nobody ever tells you the rules right um yeah, that's you know true. if you're lucky if you're lucky enough to have a mentor which i will say that uh at a certain point in my career i did have a mentor who i feel like in many ways he pulled back the curtain and he started pointing out very specific things that were going on around me. Mm -hmm. And I was like a babe in the woods. I had no idea, you know, because I would say things like, well, you know, these two guys both, you know, they're both leaders in this de department. And why aren't they not working together? And he'd right. say, well, because they're competing for the next level up. They do mm -hmm. not want 
the other one to succeed. And I was like, what? I mean, to me, I was like, don't we all work for the same company? I was like, Pollyanna, you know, and it, it got me thinking like he was the first person that really made me look at everybody around me and say, okay, if we're in a game, everybody around me is a player. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I have to understand what their motivations are because their motivations might be very different than mine. So they're going to play the quote unquote game differently. Right. But I've seen it plenty of times. I've had it happen to myself, but I've seen plenty of times with my coaching clients that, you know, they'll, um, they won't protect themselves. They'll play the game Mm -hmm. very dangerously. They will speak out of turn, which comes Mm. back to bite them. Mm. They will, you know, I used to always tell people on my, uh, my team, whenever I was a marketing director, is I'd say, you know, play a good game of offense, which I, I meant do a good job, do your job, but play a good game of defense too, which means look over your shoulder, understand what's going on around you. If somebody's talking, you know, rumors or talking, you know, negatively about you, go nip that in the bud because in the workplace and especially in these bigger, you know, political uh, complex companies, people can start believing rumors, you know, and, and, or there can be misperceptions about things. And, you know, what do they say? Like the rumor can make it all the way around the world before the truth gets out of bed. You got to look to make sure, because there are also people that are not, don't have your best interests at heart. I mean, unfortunately, right. right? Not everybody is your friends at work. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we are sometimes competing with people for promotions or whatever. And you just have to think a little bit more 360 about what's going on. Uh, Not just come in and like head down, I'm just going to do my work and think that I'll just be rewarded for putting in my hours. So it's really the the game of work is really thinking a little more broadly about what's going on around you and realizing that there's some strategy to it if you really want to win. Okay, and that that kind of leads into, is that what you mean by learning the rules of the game? Like your part two of the book is talking about learn learning the rules of the game when you're mm-hmm. dealt, like when you're dealt a bad hand, coping with toxic mm-hmm. work situations. And, mm-hmm. and also you talk about some of the myths and lies that keep you stuck. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to tell tell it all because we want our <laughs> listeners to, you know, to, to yeah. get the book. But yes, what, can you talk about that learning the reels of the rules of the game and, and what, what are some of the myths and lies, in your opinion, that keeps us stuck? Well, I mean, I think a lot of it is is around mindset. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, a lot of times we do tell ourselves things to protect us from disappointment. You know, we may say like, oh, I, I'm not ready to throw my hat in the ring for that promotion or they would never hire me or, you know, we'll tell ourselves things like this. But then right. at the same time, maybe be disappointed that we're not moving up as quickly as we'd like to. And um, or we're not getting the opportunities. Other people are getting these opportunities. And, you know, I think it's very easy. Um, I use this uh, analogy a lot where. You know, if you ever seen uh, rugby, you know, and they're in the scrum and they're all just like all in this big huddle over the ball and pushing and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And I, I think that a lot of times that's how we treat work. 
that we're mm -hmm. just like in the middle of the struggle and we're just pushing mm -hmm. and we're not really getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know anything about rugby, so it's probably completely against the strategy of rugby, but <laughs> I just think, <laughs> okay. you know, move back, like, like zoom out a little bit and mm -hmm. get a picture of the whole field of what's going on around you. Because a lot of times you may be able to find a path to get to the place where you want to go. But so often we just think there's just one way to do it. And, right. you know, this is the only right. way you can do it. And it's limiting. It's very limiting. And, uh, you know, I like, for example, I used to uh, offer people on my in my department opportunities to volunteer for the United Way or volunteer for other things within the company. And sometimes people say, oh, no, I'm too busy. I'm, I'm way too busy. I can't do that. And I'd say, okay, well, this is a great opportunity for you to start meeting people throughout the rest of the company or maybe right. get to know senior level executives who are the sponsors of these different projects or whatever. And I think that it can be very easy to be so focused on like what's right in front of you and not realize that there's a lot more opportunities that maybe can get you to where you want to go faster than just like this one path that you're on. And I, yes. in the book, I actually use this analogy that it's sort of like, you know, if you're on the highway and under normal circumstances, the highway is the fastest way to get there, but there's a traffic jam. And, and somebody's, uh, you know, maybe on the radio, they're saying like, okay, get off at ex this exit and take these back roads. And people are saying, no, I don't want to take the back roads. These are not the, that's not the fastest way mm -hmm. to go. And, right. you know, you have to sometimes realize that sometimes that, uh, you know, conventional wisdom is not the right path. Like you might be able to take a different path and get there quicker. Right, right. Mm -hmm. well, well, my last question is about this. You, you talk about celebrating your victories. And, and I'm going to say it, you know, I work um, with some people that are pretty negative and some of them are mm -hmm. sort of near retirement age, you know, not, mm -hmm. not putting anybody down, but they're like, mm -hmm. I'm only doing but so much because that's it. But um, what do you say to the person who you're like, okay, celebrate your victories, but what victories? All I do is work, work, work. I'm that hamster mm -hmm. on a wheel. I'm just, you know, cranking out the work. Mm -hmm. Victories do I have to celebrate? What do you say to a person like that? Yeah, I, I think that, um, listen, work's not always fun. I, I'd be the first one to say that. Sometimes it can be a real grind. Um, but I also, again, I would say, like, if you can step back and say, you know, why am I here? What's the purpose right. of me being here? I've, I've said... <laughs> Uh, I told a lot of my clients, I can't remember if this made it into the book or not, but there's really only three ways to add value at work. It's either you're, I mean, if it's a for profit company, you're helping mm -hmm. them make money, save money or reduce risk. And that mm -hmm. in some ways might be a little bit depressing, right? Where you're like, oh, it's just about money. It's a business. So it is about yeah. money. Okay. But you're you're making money through, you know, delivery of a service, selling a product, mm -hmm. or whatever. And if you can step back and say, well, you know, I'm helping to make the world safer, you know, right. or I'm helping people to manage their money better and and tie why you show up every day to that greater reason that the organization exists. Right. I think that that can be I think that could be helpful. And I also I mean, to me, I um, I got a lot of satisfaction out of just helping people just every day at work, whether that was, 
you know, talking with the head of a business and understanding, yeah, what's, what's their problem? I am here to solve problems, right? Yes. So what's your problem? I want to understand that. I want to make your job easier. So, I mean, I worked for a bank so that they could go out and make more money for the bank, but that was right. that's good for everybody. That That's good for the people that they're working with as well. Um, or it could be just something as simple as, you know, if somebody's administrative assistant came to me and they needed something for marketing, they need some brochures, they need a, you know, a sweatshirt with our logo on it or whatever. Right. If I can help them make their day better, to me, I got a lot of satisfaction out of that. And um, we have control over what we think about, you know. Yes. So if people choose to say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to mark the days off until retirement. Oh, God. Like, that's just sad. <laughs> yeah. Then what are they going to do then? Like, it seems like their purpose is just for time to pass. Um, <laughs> what are they going to do then? You know, it's, it's, but we can, we can all find that purpose right now. Yes. Yeah. Find right. your purpose. Find right. your purpose. Well, I'm, yes. I could keep on going, but I think I'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you, you over the answer. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, Terry, I, I, I tell you, I really, I like the book because it makes us uh, go on a, a journey of self-discovery in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things that we have a tendency to do is, is we'll read a book and we'll think, oh, that's, that's a great book. And we finish and we kind of put it over to the side. Uh, but as, as I've told you before we started the program, this is kind of my textbook for life because <laughs> there's so much in here uh, that's not just work related. And, you know, yeah. it is our mindset. It is the way that we think about things. It is the way that we, we approach things. And you do that through the different exercises that you have within mm -hmm. these chapters, which I think is absolutely wonderful. Um, and I like the fact that there's somewhere in the book that, that you say um, you don't have to read it straight through. Oh, right. No. Take they a can look. Dive in wherever. <laughs> that's right. Take a look and and just kind of jump in to the part that really uh, really interests you. And Marcia said something uh, earlier too about negative self talk uh, keeping us stuck. And I think yeah. that kind of goes along with um, you know understanding your value and just being able to leverage. And what you said just a moment ago about understanding that we have control. We have a huge sure. amount of control yeah. uh, that we don't exercise, that we don't even realize that we have. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about uh, tips and productivity. I think it was something. Let me let me <laughs> see if I can find where I'm talking about. It, uh, yes, tips and tricks for productivity. And yeah. I think that is an area, I don't care what it is you're doing. I don't care whether it is work. I don't care whether it is uh, at home, church, whatever. We we can get into the busy cycle Yes. where, where we are busy, busy moving, but we're not really accomplishing anything and not, we're not getting mm -hmm. to the outcome that, that we really want to get to. So tell us yeah. a little bit about the, the tips and, and tools of productivity. Yeah, this is actually something that I end up working a lot with my uh, coaching clients on and what I call it uh, finding the points of leverage. Because mm -hmm. it I mean, this happens at home, it happens at work. But so often, you know, people will, um, you know, they'll say, Oh, I was just so busy all day, and I got nothing done. 
right? And that's so easy for any of us to get sucked into things that are not really moving us towards the goal. And so I think it's important to um, to step back and, and keep in mind, like, what's the impact that I'd like to have? What's the objective, whether it's home or work? And, you know, just a few things that um, I particularly I work with people on this at work, but you could do it at home, too. It's like, uh, what can I delegate? Right. Do I need to do everything myself or can I divide things up and have other people help me? And by the way, I'll, I'll just give you a quick example of this. Um, we, um, my husband and I had a, a cleaning lady for years, but during COVID, um, that just wasn't something that we could do anymore. And so our house is getting really messy because <laughs> we are both working. And so what I did was I just wrote down everything that needed to be done in the house. And I started telling my kids, my husband and my kids, okay, Saturday, we're going to have a cleaning day. And I want everybody to keep coming back to the list and taking something and doing it until everything's done. Mm -hmm. And so that's delegation, right? We can do mm -hmm. that and we can, but so often we just don't. And I, I mean, I've seen it with, I mean, I've done it at work where we just say, oh, it's just faster for me to do it myself. Right. But we really need to be focusing on doing our highest value work. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that other things don't need to be done, but maybe somebody else can do those uh, can help us with that. Um, other things are, you know, making sure that you're prioritizing. It's very, um, there's a, there's this thing called, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower came up with this thing. Uh, I don't think he called it the Eisenhower box, but that's what it's called. Uh, I actually learned about it in Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And on one axis, it has urgency. And on the other axis, it has importance. And when something is urgent, whether it's important or not, we tend to focus on it. And then when things, uh, if something's not important, we don't typically focus on it. But the things that get left behind are the things that are important, but not urgent. And if we can, um, you know, really keep an eye on our priorities uh, list and make sure that we're making time for those things that are important, but not urgent. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if something is urgent but not important and then maybe that's something that you have somebody else do um if something's not important not urgent we probably don't need to be doing it at all um but we, you know if we can look at look at uh you know our to-do list through that lens that can help us figure out like okay what order do we need to do things in mm -hmm. and then you know there's a lot of other little tips like you know time um or task batching you know, because a lot of times, I mean, I'm certainly guilty of this, you know, my like computer dings and I'm like, oh, I got an email, right? doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'll like, you know, stop and go look at that. And if we can discipline ourselves to say, I'm going to only answer my emails a couple times a day, I'm going to put that on my calendar. I'm going to do that then because then we can go deeper and we can focus on the more important work rather than you know, having what I consider to be our most valuable resource, which is our focus. Mm, our focus right. gets, you know, frittered away when we're like, you know, when our attention is pulled in a million different directions, we can just never go deep enough to really focus and concentrate. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think that when we can plan our days better, when we can prioritize and delegate and task batch, that we can probably get more work done in less time because we are focused we are using the right resource for the right task right um, right 
I wanted to ask you too, how difficult is it to, I, I saw this somewhere in the book about aligning your strengths and preferences with what you do for a living. How difficult yeah. is that for you? Well, I mean, I think that, I honestly think that everybody should do that. You know, obviously if we're in jobs, we can't just be like, okay, I'm just going to throw it all away. But if we can say, what am I good at? And what do I like to do? And then try to find a job that takes advantage of that. That's where we're going to be the happiest. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I can't remember if I put this in the book or not, but I do have to, um, I need to do a shout out to Daphne Hubbard, which was my boyfriend's mom <laughs> when I was in college. She gave me the book, um, What Color Is Your Parachute? And when I first yes. got out of college, she said, do not interview, do not apply for any jobs until you read this book and you do all the exercises. And that wow. was the first time that it even occurred to me that you should like what you do for a living, that you should mm -hmm. look and look at yourself and say, what am I good at? Mm -hmm. And look for jobs that use that. Because I, you know, when I was growing up, I like worked at an ice cream store. I worked at a cannery. I mean, I was a waitress. Um, you just went where they had jobs, right? Like you're like, <laughs> I just want to make money. And when I was getting out of college, that's kind of how I was too. I was like, I just want a job. I want a job mm -hmm. that pays me more than the $5 an hour I made at the library in college. Mm -hmm. And, um, and sh she got me thinking differently because she made me read that book. And that got me on the path to marketing. And that was wow. good because I am a creative person. And I got paid for 30 years to bring my cre creativity to work. And so that was that was nice. But I know a lot of times people are doing things that they don't they might even be really good at it but they don't like it right mm -hmm. that's kind of miserable wow there's that. a quote that you had too that i'm not sure that it was yours it may have been uh from from one of the people that you included but it says you may not and i love this you may not recognize things about yourself that others can see clearly yes can't yep read the label when you're inside the bottle. <laughs> I, I don't know who came up with that. I use that oh, almost every single day. I love that quote because oh, it's so true, right? We're just walking around like, hey, I'm just being me, right? And it's I have seen it so often with many of my clients where they are so talented and they're so smart and they're like, there's nothing special about me. And I'm like, are you wow. crazy? Wow. Like you, this is so innate to you that you don't even recognize it. But it is important sometimes for people to hold their, to have somebody hold a mirror up and say, this is what's special about you. This is what, what you're good at. Like have mm -hmm. confidence mm -hmm. that you're bringing something special when you bring this thing about yourself to work. I think that, I think that is wonderful. I think that is wonderful. I know Victoria has something that she wants to say, <laughs> but before she does, <laughs> because we're almost out of time, Terry, but I would like to ask you if there are a couple of things that you think are just so, you know, really, really important that you want to leave our listeners with uh, before we close out tonight, because I tell you, well, I'm going to let Victoria say what she needs to say, but <laughs> I think it is uh, just a, a great book, great tools, just great tools. It's almost, like I said, like a resource manual for life. And the exercises in there are, they are, they can be life changing, I believe, yeah. because it just, yeah. 
it will shift you. It really will. It really will. Thank you so much for being with us, Terry. Victoria's got to say something. Come on. Victoria. <laughs> you waiting. I said it a little bit earlier. Get the book. Get the book. Get the book. That's my tagline. Get the book. Listeners and viewers, get this book. I mean, it, it is it's, it's phenomenal. And uh, yeah. just, just having the conversation with you um, tonight, it it just confirmed some of the things. I just went through a two 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 day training, and it was on time management and, and things like what you're talking about. And I actually this past week started using the you called it uh, task batching, task but they batch. called mm -hmm. it work blocks. You know, it's the same mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And I actually went through my calendar and made uh, a schedule of tasks. And I found that I did accomplish some things much more quickly than I would just randomly, you know, things. Yeah. That works. It feels that works. good too, doesn't it? it? Did. You're like, woo, victory. I got something done. Yeah, it feels really so good. Please tell our viewers and our listeners how they can get in touch with you and where they can get the book. Yes. And what I'd like to do uh, first, though, is just to leave, leave everybody yes. with one little thing, which is that every single one of you has gifts that you were given when you came here to Earth. And I believe that everybody's mission is to figure out what's your purpose for being here. You know, like don't don't compare yourself to other people. Find out what's special about you and know that that's your mission to make that happen. I, I think that that's, you know, when we find what do we like to do? What are we good at? Go find some place that you can do that. You're going to be happy and you're going to be successful and you can do that. Um, so where you can find me, I uh, have a website, terrybmcdougal.com. Okay. My book, Winning the Game of Work, is available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And I'm also on LinkedIn, and I'd be happy to get LinkedIn with any of your listeners. So okay. thank you so much Great. for having awesome. me. Thank, thank you. you for thank being you so much us. for being here. We totally enjoyed having you. Thank you. Look forward to being with you again, Terry. We're going to bring you back, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. I would love that. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank okay. you again. All right. Thank this you. Bye-bye. Listeners, hang in there for just a moment. Um, we told you in the beginning we weren't going to do our usual um, week in review because uh, we wanted to focus the end of our broadcast on, on um, I'm, I'm not even going to say on some sad news because this was something that uh, someone, I should say, that just brought so much joy uh, to our lives. And I'm talking about um, Monique Hedeker Green. And um, each of us wanted to just say a little something uh, about her tonight. And actually, I'm going to start with Victoria and then go to Ruth and then I'll finish up if that's okay. That's fine. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to miss my, our friend Nikki. I am. Um, to me, Nikki was just larger than life. She uh, had a way of making you feel like she was just all in there with you. And um, I, I, I remember for me this year, I, I contracted COVID earlier this year. And um, I didn't tell everybody at first. I just told a few people and asked them to pray for us. And I, I didn't spend a lot of time on Facebook because I was quite frankly sick just really sick. And when I did come back on and made a little video and tell everybody, thank you for praying and thanking people, she immediately inboxed me and said, Vic, why did you tell me 
you had COVID. And I, and I, I, you know, I said, baby, you going through so much your own self. I just didn't want to worry you. And she was like, well, you should have told me, you know, <laughs> and because I could have at least been praying. And then she was absolutely right. So in that moment, she told me that, you know, sometimes it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to need help. And it's okay to ask for help because people who care about you want to know what's going on with you and want to be there for you. So she she taught me that. And from that, I ended up checking in on her like almost every other week, making sure you're okay. And towards the last couple of weeks, I sent her two messages of voice. Like, I just wanted you to hear my voice, sweetie. And she um, answered me back with her voice. So I have that now, you know. And so I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that we got a chance to know each other. I'm grateful mm -hmm. that she was in my life. And though I'm going to miss her tremendously, she left a lot of lessons for me to follow after, how to push through the pain and just to live life limitless. You know, that was her tagline. She'd say to all live out loud, to live each day. And that's what I'm going to strive for. That's how I'm going to remember Nikki. Mm -hmm. And Ruth? Well, I had the pleasure of working with her on her book. Um, I had seen her at church. We, you know, beyond the, you know, the greetings and everything, you know, we didn't have um, a relationship like um, that. But when we started working on the book, I don't know why she approached me in um, the end of February. So it would have been, no, the end of January. And she said, I want the book out by my birthday. And I don't know why I said yes. Because that uh, anybody else, I would have said no. But I said yes to her. And together, she and I, we created a miracle. Because there was no way I could have published a book like that in two months. And yes. to get it out and to have it received the way it was. It was just perfect like her. So, you know, that experience will stay with me. Um, just being able to do that. You know, I, I will certainly miss her. Um, I know she's in a better place. And, you know, to leave that experience behind. Mm -hmm. That's just special to me. Yeah. Monique Hedegger Green, for those of you who did not know her, Monique was battling metastatic breast cancer. She was a fighter. She was a fighter. She was the second program that I brought on to. Um, ALH Broadcasting, and it was Tea Talk and Testimony every Monday night at 7 p.m. And she would put things on Facebook, Lunchtime Love, she would put it out there. And I say she will be known for the way she loved and for the life that she lived. She was just an amazing lady. Uh, we love her. Um, this is another time that we will still say, get the book. Nothing can separate mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's her story. It is her story. And what a phenomenal story it is. So before we go with our, our regular outro, we're just going to take uh, a few seconds here and um, let you think about Nikki. And if you feel so led to pray for her family and, um, we're just going to take a minute to just say goodbye. We'll see her again, though, that we will.